Welcome to episode 669 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, April 8th, and it's going to be a nice episode. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? Nice. Very nice, dude. Very nice. (laughs) We got a lot to talk about, so we are going to just dive right in. It was a nutty week of bidding in uh, in you know industry leagues, if you will, NFBC style leagues, which now includes, of course, TGFBI, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, makes things easy. I can just be on that site, bouncing league to league and everything. And you know, I know that not all of this translates directly to everyone's home leagues, but it, it talks about kind of the players of the week. I, I do think that there is value to it. Even when I would listen to say RotoWire before I was an NFBCer. Uh, it would either tip me off on players to know upcoming if I was playing in a shallower league, or it did kind of uh, marry with the guys that I was uh, that I was kind of going after. So hopefully you guys find this valuable. It's not just uh, you know uh, rosterbation of our own leagues here. It's to talk about the important players of the week. So it's definitely not rosterbation for me, not for because you because I didn't really get anybody. But we got breaking news. Uh oh, hit him with hit him with it. We have a trade. What the Giants? have acquired Tyler Austin from the Twins. Oh, finally, they're doing a trade I like. Tyler Austin trade four? Anything uh, of merit or just getting Austin? I, I've Malik Ziegler, assuming no, so nothing, Brad nothing Ziegler's we... uh, cousin. Yes. yes I'm assuming. Definitely. Because Malik definitely. seems like someone who'd be related to Brad. To Brad uh, they yes. DFA'd Connor Joe. My oh, boy. everyone's favorite. I was wondering why people liked him. Um, it goes because he had two first names and had a weird batting stance. He had a weird batting stance, and he was a Rule 5 pick. So yeah. uh, in order for them to DFA him, uh, they have to give him back to oh, – I can't remember. Was it – it might have been the Dodgers, actually. Uh, yeah, Dodgers were the last to have him. So they got to offer him back. Uh, he was hitting 067 with a 31% strikeout rate. He just Granted, got his first 16 hit. plate appearances. Yeah, I, listen, small sample and everything, but – Okay, I will say I, I mentioned out front that I did kind of like this because it, it opens up time for Tyler Austin, but it opens up time in that ballpark. At least he's not a left-hander. Yeah. So NL only? Are we thinking? I think you have to grab him in NL only. Now, can he's he mess probably... around in the outfield? I mean, I think so. It can't be much worse than what they've been willing to put out there. They, they put Brandon Belt out there. Well, that's I was because Brandon Belt's playing first and Tyler Austin is – ostensibly a first baseman yeah uh, let me see has he played any outfield in the majors i think he uh, has I'm, I'm he has right now yeah. he's played 12 games in the outfield including a uh um oh i only have him as five games in the outfield but that's still five yeah i got i got uh three starts 12 12 played out there as far according to to be ref for tyler austin so he is a right-hander with some punch he usually beats up on lefties um, oh, sweet. that's He's the got right a division. Forty grade hit tool, which is uh, uh, right in the Giants' wheelhouse. I was going to say that that they that they run filters mm-hmm. uh, for players to have a forty, and they're like, oh, there's our target right there. You know, like when hit. you sort like a, a a Google sheet or something like that. Yeah, they they go with the lowest number first. For yes, that, for they that. want yeah. they want to start mm-hmm. that way. They're like we can get this guy, uh, but Tyler Austin has a two seventy eight, three forty nine, six oh three line with 12 homers against lefties in 146 plate appearances. 
there's not a better division to be if you bust up lefties. Mm-hmm. Now, three of them are on his own team, but there are there are lefties on literally every other team as far as starters go. San Diego, I think, is running out three. Colorado has at least two that I can think of. Austin, yep. uh, excuse me, Freeland and Anderson. Dodgers, you know, obviously they kind of have their merry-go-round, but it usually includes a couple. Yeah, a Urias, Kershaw, yeah. Rich Hill. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hyunjin Ryu. And then Arizona has at least one, right? Robbie Ray. Yeah, I think so that's it. So there's going to be lefties for Austin to play against. I think this is an NL-only scoop for sure. And I mean, what are about... they really going to platoon him either? I mean, why not just give him... He's the he's now the youngest person in the starting lineup for Shut the Giants. Up. No, he's not. He might be. Who's younger That's in the disgusting. starting lineup than the than Tyler Austin? He's twenty seven. Duggar would be the only one possible. Oh, Duggar. Okay, I forgot. That's disgusting. But yeah, I mean, like the he's That's okay. So I'm he's vomiting. so I'm vomiting like, right now. Are they gonna platoon him with Jan Jervis Solarte, who is atrocious in the outfield, just atrocious? Okay, well, uh, it looks like right now though it's it's. Para, Pilar, Doug. Oh, yeah, I guess they got Para. Para, man, he's he doesn't run anything out. Like, he, he, he struck out. It? He, dude, it's it, it was bad the other night. I don't know if it was just, like, day game after a night game. I'm Caught not going to do bad anything. One. Yeah. But, like, like, one time he struck out and the ball got by the catcher, and he just turned around and walked back to the dugout. Yikes! Like he looked I mean, at the ball, he watched it go, and, and still was just and like, still was eh. like, no, I'm not doing that. Eh. Like, dude, like this is the only team that was really willing to give you a major league contract, and that's that's what you're gonna do. I'm not usually one to like like point out like, oh, these guys dogging it, but like a week into the season, you should, effort, dude. yeah, like we're not like a hundred games into the season. This is a week in, and you're already yeah. dogging it. That's that's but, rough. You okay, know. well, so Austin could take some of Para's time, it sure. looks like. Um, if they send Belt out to the outfield, back out to the outfield, or Austin himself, that's where it looks like the time could come from. I think NL only right now, unless we saw more full-scale playing time for Tyler Austin. But the, yeah. th- there's your breaking news. Let's stay in the West, though, and talk about something a little bit better. Somebody that Tyler Austin might not want to face, but it does do well against uh, as far as the, the handedness. Depends on what version we get. And that is, yeah, that is Clayton Kershaw. He could be back Sunday uh, based on the rehab starts that he's that he's been doing. He could rejoin the Dodgers on Sunday. So it looks like he's going to make a, another minor league rehab start with, either with AAA or AA on Tuesday. They haven't said which team yet, but then he'd be on regular rest to make it a two-start week for him. To, you know, one in the minors and one here uh, in the majors on Sunday. What do you think about that? Is it so? Would you take the chance in a in a weekly lineups league and say, you know what, I'm going to put Kershaw in and just hope he gets that start? It would be against Milwaukee at home. No, I think I'm probably unless I am running out someone completely garbage in his place. Yeah. So there's obviously like- a line somewhere of who you're willing to put out there. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to put, like, let's say it's between Kershaw and a top 50 starter. I'll put the top 50 starter in. I don't I don't yeah. care who, who the name is. So uh, just because, one, you don't know if you're actually going to get him. Two, it's not like he's pitched, ex- he pitched exceedingly well in his first start anyways. 
uh, in his rehab assignment. Um, so, I mean, he walked two guys in four and a third. He gave up a home run. Uh, he did strike out six guys, which is which is good. But uh, I want to see what the velocity looks like. I want to see. Uh, I want to know that he's actually starting, and I'd rather him go up against a team that isn't Milwaukee. That's the thing too. The the matchup there for Kershaw. You come off the deal, and he's he's playing Kershaw, right? But as far as starting, I mean, kind of taking that shot because you don't even know if it's a guaranteed start. Then you have to face Milwaukee, probably on like a little five inning sort of beat. Here's the thing, too, you know, it's one day uh, that you can, and then you can put him in later, right? So yeah. you're not going to miss all this time. You might, okay, maybe he's Kershaw and he's he's dealing what, and he throws five what's strong. The over under on innings in his. That's first what I'm saying. Start, five, yeah. I think five. Okay. You know, so I, I think the you're max not you're going to get, get is a little quality hyper. start if you're in a quality yeah. start league. Uh, so and you may not even qualify for a win. Yeah, so then you just put him in the the next day there. I I, I agree with that. I'm not necessarily going to start Kershaw uh, in most scenarios here. Some of you guys are going to be in in scenarios where you you just got to take that chance, and I get it, but I'm not racing to make sure that he's in my lineup for this potential next uh, Sunday start against Milwaukee. That being said, we're getting him back, I think, earlier than uh, we thought. Yeah, the general scope here, you've got to be excited if you drafted him, right? I mean, yeah, I, 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 oh, I do have a share of him in my NL only league. Sweet. There yeah. you go. Pairing him up with uh, uh, my other stud pitcher. I got dual studs in that league. Him and uh, uh, her man uh, uh, Marquez. Nice. Uh, as uh, uh, in an NL only, so uh, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you got to be excited because I thought there was a reasonable chance he could be out as late as beginning of May. And now yeah, we're, that, we're getting the whole back. Month. Yeah, I mean, second week of April is pretty sweet. So uh, now I just need to get back all the other 45 of my guys that are injured right now. Especially in the main. But uh, all right, uh, th- this next one. I, I dropped I, I don't, Carlos Martinez this week. I, I did too uh, in, in in a 12-teamer. I just, you know, you, you got to make those moves at some point. In main event, for those that don't know, seven roster, seven reserve spots. That's it. No that's DL. It. Nope. Um, this next one, it's unfortunately not surprising. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I want to balance like the uh, wow, what a shock versus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tweeted sucks. that out. And I know. I, I and I get it because you were concerned about him for this exact reason. Mm-hmm. And five seconds into the season, you know, it's exactly what you think, though. 10-13 OPS for David Dahl. Two homers already. He was he was hitting and then goes down with an oblique. This is so why he, when Garrett Hampson wasn't looking like he was going to get a starting role, we were like, oh, don't worry. There's plenty of ways for him to get in. Ab- and now Garrett Hampson has like four positions on in, in the field. Exactly. And that's why I, the Rockies are I beg people not to cut Hampson. I was like, you got to keep him if – you know, you got to try to do everything you can to keep him. First off, one thing I was saying was let's get a home series at least. And then just like clockwork, unfortunately, David Dahl gets hurt again. And this was the scary thing about taking him with a top 100 pick is because we get that the talent's there and the door was wide open for full scale playing time. But health has once again bitten David Dahl. And it looks like it looks like it's going to be an oblique. And that is just not good. I mean that that is that is rough. This can be a long term injury, and then it can be also something that lingers once you return. Well, and if so, it's if it's worse because he had like a core injury that cost him an entire season. Oh jeez. So 
this isn't necessarily one of those things where it, like, we may, okay, you're going to lose six weeks and then he'll be back. Uh, you know, and you know the crazy thing is? The, this game broke a streak of his. Like, he had, like, six straight home games with a home run or something like that coming in. Oh, yeah, dating back to seven, last year yeah, when seven, it finished brilliantly seven straight, for Dolph. I think. Or seven out of eight um, going into last night, and that that's that's over with. And he was he was hitting well. Uh, oh, yeah. He was off to a uh, – I mean, you had to be excited with where David Dahl was starting. 343, 385, 629, a couple homers. I mean, you were – you were getting the David Dahl experience and, and you know, a small sample of caveats, of course, but we were excited. You know, if you had your shares, you're like, yes, dude, yes, mm-hmm. this is something. Well, I can imagine him on a team for somebody that's like having everything go wrong. We're like, but at least my David Dahl is going well. And and then this <laughs> happens. And so it really sucks. I've actually got uh, quite a few shares, so I'm, I'm pretty bummed. I, I only have one share. It was in a Dynasty League team. You I have inherited. two shares, good sir. I, oh, that's right. Do we have him in the one uh, share dynasty? One share dynasty league. Okay. Uh, I I was furiously trying to trade David Dahl before the season in that dynasty league I inherited, uh, and no no takers. Which no one bid. Yeah, no one, no one, no one wanted that's, to uh, to, to take surprising. on David Dahl, uh, which was confusing to me. But uh, now I'm I'm super bummed. Uh, and this now is now you know why they yeah. do. The, they well, do and this up. is why, like if. In dynasty leagues, if you're trying to rebuild, I'm willing to let go of injury-prone players a little bit easier. I, I made a trade last night that I have some people uh, uh, scratching their head uh, mm-hmm. that I made um, just because I wanted to get Sean Doolittle off my team before he Sean Doolittles. Yikes. <laughs> so, Accurate. I mean, fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Tough but fair, as they say. So, But, yeah, dynasty leagues, if you've got an injury-prone player and he's healthy and performing, like, if you're trying to rebuild, get him off your team before he gets injured and you're stuck with him. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a, a premium talent like Dahl can be. So this stinks. It looks like uh, our boy Hampson could could benefit from this. So could Rymel Tapia, who, believe it or not, actually isn't 38 years old. You'd think so for how long he's been around. <laughs> but he is just 25. And his, his awkward batting stances. His awkward batting stances crack me up. But uh, Tapia's been around for a whole minute. Uh, just kind of grinding it out. Now 25, does he get a, a, a real opportunity here? What What are you doing with the outfield, assuming that Dahl goes on the D, uh, IL and is down, you know, I would think at least four to six. Yeah, I would pencil in six and just hope to God that he's back That's it. before yeah. then. Uh, you Conventional wisdom would say, uh, that top. No, 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 no. Get out of here with your convention. Give me some Rockies <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, well, that's what that was going to come around to that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Conventional wisdom would say Tapia plays left field. Hampson is full time at second, but this is the Rockies, and so you have to think that they're going to play. Carlos Gonzalez is coming back. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to trade for Cargo. Uh, Pat Vileka, uh will likely play second base uh, way too often. Uh, let's see who they have. Oh, here you go. Uh, they've got Noel Kuvas in uh, in AAA, who they used last year uh, as a 27-year-old uh, uh, lefty specialist in uh, uh, in AAA that could play all three outfield positions. So I'm sure they'll bring him up and screw with Tapia because... Uh, oh, Breaking God. news. Oh, God. 
What's Ellis happened? Burks has just signed a 12-year deal with Colorado. <laughs> He's leading off playing left. <laughs> oh, I bet Ellis I Burks can still hit, though. Yo, Ellis Burks in Colorado can still can still hit 250. Don't right? don't don't even yeah. come at me on that. I loved Ellis Burks. Uh, but anyway, back to your series. Velika will get. T- they're going to give everyone time, um, and so you know, I think it should help our boy Hampson. But I think you're right about Tapia shares, and I have him in the NL only. I think a lot of people, that's where they would have him as an NL only or a 50-round draft and hold. You're going to start to see some time there. That could be a nice steals asset. Um, would you go pick up Tapia in like a 15-team? I mean, he was picked up in a lot of them yesterday. Yeah, but would I you put go a bid on him in – I think I put a $47 bid on him in the main event Okay. Uh, yesterday. Or I think it was $27. Uh, and I didn't even come close. Like I wasn't like the runner-up or anything. I don't believe. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I think yeah, I'd go grab him just in case. There, there's some upside there. For I sure. Mean, people forget that this is a former top prospect and uh, that he blazing had, fast. Yeah, and and he's got enough pop to uh, to be Starling Marte-ish. Yeah. At least a, early a... career Starling Marte, where you know you sit in double-digit home runs and stealing 30 bases. And like I said before, we've had David Dahl miss an entire season because of a core, I think it was like a rib injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so if this lingers, Tapia could easily establish himself as a uh, as an everyday player. Uh, and all the projection systems have him batting like 269 and above. So, I mean, he should be able to nice. hit, especially in Coors. So, the bats the lowest said 269, 313, 402. Uh, but Zips and Steam are all, you know, 280 and above. Depth charts 286. So, there's especially with how the Rockies' offense is struggling, if he hits, I think he'll play. Yeah, I think so, too. That's Rymel Tapia that we're looking at here. Um, if you are in a league where Garrett Hampson was cut, go back out and get him and – I know a lot of us, uh, a lot of the listeners that play in leagues that where people aren't as reactive as that, but don't assume. We always say, don't assume. Go check your wire. I wouldn't even be surprised if uh, if, if you saw some Garrett Hampson share. So that's the Colorado situation. They did also have another little scare. This one isn't as bad right now because we don't really, it's more of a TBD. But Trevor Story got hit um, around his Achilles, I believe. He got hit in the and, calf, and then he was feeling tenderness in his Achilles. So yeah, he was he was removed from the game. A little bit of a precautionary measure. They were Again, nothing to freak out about. Yeah, they were getting they were getting marked. So just wanted to put it out there. There's really nothing actionable on it right now, just as a notice. The only uh, thing that was interesting was they played Tony Walters at uh at second at second base and he turned a double play. Like that was pretty cool. Go Tony, for, a catcher for those that don't yes. know Tony Walters there uh, out there with his sick mustache. Which are you familiar with the story behind his mustache? I am not. He's betting his father-in-law. It's just a standoff of who can shave it, uh, you know, who won't shave it first. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, his wife is, is caught in between here of, of pops and and husband growing their terrible mustaches as she uh, that's absolutely just waits amazing. It out. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. I trimmed my beard and my head for the first time uh, this year, and that that felt great. So nice, especially as the weather starts to warm up. You don't want to keep too much on the chin, I would imagine. I can't grow a beard. Oh no, I still have the goatee all the way. Like you know, I I just trimmed up the sides a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I'm I'm starting to lose the top of you know the hair where you know now if it the hair grows out, it's a little bit patchy and. 
feel you. I feel yeah, you. so it's uh, it's it, it's not a fun thing. I, I didn't realize I was going bald uh, until probably a couple years ago, and then uh, my uh, and then I was like, oh my, God. my wife took a picture of like me holding my daughter or something like that from behind. Uh, and I was like, "Oh my God, what's happening like, in the back whoa. of my head?" She's like, "That that's been going on for a while, Doug, yeah. buddy." Yeah, like, I I, uh, I always get like, um, "Oh, you're not uh, you're not you're not 37 on my Twitch stream," and I'm like, "Tell that to my hair and my back. <laughs> like, is, you're, you're you're wrong. I am. And who lies about being 37? Like, my my hair's thinning and my back just is always in pain for no real reason. I'm, I'm gonna I use an ITL about- ITL drop. 37 at a time in, in a row. In oh, a in row. a row. In a yeah. In a row. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Mike Clevenger, beasting this year, has 22 strikeouts in his 12 innings. Did leave his last start with back tightness. Also feels like a little bit of a precautionary type of thing, similar to the, uh, well, I guess not totally similar to the story thing because he could have kept going. Because he was uh, cruising. Yeah, he was absolutely dealing. But it doesn't look like it's something that's that's going to be major. Upper back tightness, he fully expects to make his next start. I just kind of wanted to use this to let people know about that, but also to shine a light on what Clevenger's doing so far. He's been an absolute monster in two starts. He's allowed know that, two hits in two starts, 12 I innings. I don't know if he got enough juice for the 200-inning, uh, 207 strikeouts, 302 ERA, 116 whip of last year. He was taken perfectly fine. I, I'm not saying he was some sort of draft deal, but it was not, it, it was always kind of like, well, this is just where he goes, no big deal, as opposed to, excitement around taking uh, Mike Clevenger. And I, I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I had a little bit of a an argument with uh, Chris Liss about him. You know, he was talking about that second tier of starters and, and they're not impressive. And he cited Clevenger specifically. I'm like, you're crazy, dude. Clevenger is a monster. And so I never I, understood the pushback on him considering how many guys with his, with his stuff was – through 200 innings last year. That's what I'm saying. Like That's what I'm saying. He, he showed he can do the 200. Yeah. So many other guys were projecting it for. Mm-hmm. Clevenger did it. And so, I I mean, he's my ace in TGFBI. I mean... That, that's fine. You miss out the first two waves and, and you quote-unquote got stuck with Clevenger, I think you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I'm I'm excited by him, and you know, hopefully this back is nothing, just a little bit of tightness that uh, he jumps out and he's, he's fine with. But yeah, I, I also just wanted to put a little shine on him after two. You know, it's it's Chicago and, and Toronto, but the, that was kind of the appeal of him too, is that he's going to be in that AL Central all year. So it's like, yeah, the two the two starts have come against weaker teams. He's going to be facing weaker teams regularly that he can absolutely carve to pieces, including my beloved Tigers, my first place Tigers. No big deal. <laughs> no, literally, no big deal. I'm not saying that. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, that's not the sarcastic one. That it's literally no big deal, but it's fun. I enjoy watching the Tigers. My play last right now. place, Too- Gi- oh, oh wait, oh that was expected. Too bad uh, Clev Dog can't face his own lineup. The oh my the god, it's Cleveland so Indians. atrocious. Thirty-one percent strikeout rate is the worst in baseball. It's worst. it's really really bad. Uh, Oh, I should I should just bring it up. I, I was writing up uh, um, plays for for today, and I was talking about Cleveland and just how atrocious that. If the, <laughs> if the cha- like it's worth chasing against them, and it, it feels weird because like they're a decent overall team, but it's all because of the pitching. And I think even when Lindor gets back, it's not going to completely flip that dynamic. You're still, you know, you'll be worried about two guys now with Ramirez and Lindor once Lindor gets back. 
but you're not going to be worried about the lineup. And uh, you know, credit to Carlos Santana, he's actually the one guy doing doing well there uh, because Jose Ramirez is off to a brutal start. But yeah, that lineup sucks out loud. Like it's really bad. But anyway, Clevenger should be fine. I wouldn't sweat it too much there. Just wanted to bring it up that he he was dealing with a little tightness, but uh, he gets KC his next time out, and they've been striking out a good bit. Normally, they're a contact-heavy team. This new makeup that they've got, these speedsters, uh, excuse me, these speedsters strike out a bit more than you expect. You would think it was just a high-contact team that they'd been running out the last few years, but they're susceptible to the strikeout too with the Mondeses and the and the Hamiltons. You can get them. To, uh, to fan in addition to some of the power guys that they have. Believe it or not, one of their best strikeout guys in terms of not striking out is their best power guy, Ryan O'Hearn. So that's an interesting uh, situation there. Let's move on to a couple pro- bits of prospect news. Nick Senzel's out of the boot and should be running today, today being Monday for those that don't listen to it, upon release. If Nick Senzel's available in your shallower leagues, are you running out to try to make the move today in, in situations where you can, if it's a daily move thing, or, or what are you doing with Nick Senzel now that he's out of the boot and, and getting going? Because he's, I don't think he's necessarily just going to be right up, but when do you think he would make his arrival? I think the Scooter Jeanette injury, well, it'll be interesting to see, because I want to see, are they going to, I mean, I know they've said that they're going to keep him on a track to play the outfield. But I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing considering how awful some of their outfielders have been so far to start the season. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would, if I had a stashable spot, either an N.A. spot or just a a, a spot. I mean, Jesse Winker's hitting 042, 115, 042 to start the season. Are you taking a victory lap? Do it. I, I freaking dare you, dude. Do it. Do <laughs> no, it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Do take it. a victory lap because all he needs is like two hits and he's batting like 400. So that's the thing too, because his playing time has been small. So it really yeah, is he like only, he only he has goes three 26 for four appearances. So and all of a sudden, Winker's going. But yeah, I, that I am, being said, everybody was like, "Oh, he's got a hit tool." Better think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're a hit tool. <laughs> I really am. You know what? Um, the one thing I will say that that you, you know, not necessarily victory lap, but maybe like kind of, hey, this is what I was talking about. He hasn't started every game, and I thought mm-hmm. that he was going to be more. And I guess guys don't start every game. It was more when when the season. But first you thought started. he'd be a full time player, and I mean, my yeah. ar- my main argument was they traded for Matt Kemp. They still had Scott Shebler. They were supposed to have. Shubler. Uh, Senzel, I mean, in, in, in he fairness, is he does have the sixth most played appearance. When the season first started, he played one of the first three games, and I, mm-hmm. in small sample or not, I was like, "This is exactly what Justin was talking about, son of a biscuit." And uh, but we'll see that that team's a disaster right now. That's the problem. They're they've got nothing going. Was Scooter Jeanette just the best catalyst ever, and we didn't know, or why? Why are they the worst? I I don't know. It's I I mean it's early. It's I understand it's early, but holy cow! Even Cleveland's offense looks at them and says, "Yikes! <laughs> what are you guys doing over there?" It's hard, man. Do, when you lose Scooter, it just when, you never know, man. When you lose Scooter, do you want to guess what their WRC plus is as a team mm. for the Cincinnati? As a team, I'm going to... 313 do... plate appearances as a team. What is their WRC plus? Mm, 70. That's cute. 
Oh god, it's, it's lower. <laughs> it's half that. It's thirty-seven, dude. <laughs> I was, um, I gotta find it. I was writing up, uh, uh, the 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 DFS play or just some pitching plays in DFS today, and I was looking at like righty lefty splits, and I want to say it's the Cardinals have like a WRC plus of thirty-seven versus left-handed pitching this year. Um, well. Cincinnati has that licked. They've got that against the entire league. Uh, St. Louis has a 42 WRC plus <laughs> against left-handed <laughs> pitching. Um, and, Wait, that's the craziest part about that is they're super righty heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you would think that they would decimate lefties. They, but they're not. Paul Sample they're, or not, but jeez. Um, and then uh, let's see. Uh, the Giants are sporting a 61 WRC plus uh, against left-handed pitching. Um, and uh, the Angels are uh, sporting a 261 Woba and a 72 WRC plus versus left-handed pitching so far this year. Small samples are fun. Oh yeah, they're 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 absolutely hilarious. Um, all right, so Senzel putting a bow on that. Ten and twelve teamers. You stashing yet, or are you still just waiting and seeing? Because he's likely just going to take if you don't have the NA spot or whatever, he's not on the major league IL. So you just waiting and monitoring this news. Or are you going to jump now to try to get Senzel? If you have a spot to spare, I, I'm down to, because obviously there's plenty of places for him to play. That's true. I mean, cause their team is terrible. <laughs> so, right. and I mean, like, why wouldn't they just bring him up? Like, especially considering the amount of injuries this kid is have as had happened to him in the minor leagues, like just get him out of Louisville or wherever they're <laughs> like, it's just got to be the most unlucky place for him ever. Cause it just, he consistently gets hurt. So why not just get some major league at bats under his belt? Matt yeah, Kemp it's... is hitting. Oh, 91, 91, 91. Hey, I, I appreciate the symmetry there. Jeez, <laughs> he's dude. got zero walks and a forty-five point five percent K rate. Oh my god, that's like a strikeout away from striking out in half of his at bats. He has two hits in twenty-two at bats. Oh my god. Well, that's brutal. Uh, let's move on to something less brutal. Speaking of prospects, uh, Vlad Jr. is in the midst of his rehab, and uh, you know he's playing in the minors right now. I believe that this weekend would be when the, mm-hmm. the, the magic day could happen. And they do have a weekend set. So do they bring him up this weekend or do they or do they wait? Um, now, I was listening to James Anderson on the Rotowire, and they were talking about this too because they do with Clay Link on, uh, I believe, Wednesdays. The Rotowire podcast is uh, minor leagues. You guys should definitely check it out. And they were talking about how if they don't bring him up then – they don't have another homestand for a, for a little while, and he was surmising that they would want to bring him up at home. So, what do you think that they do with Vlad? Is is this the weekend? Do they just wait till the magic number and be like, you know what, defense looks good, come on up this weekend against Tampa Bay? What do you think happens with Vlad Jr.? Mm, I hope he's up. I don't think he will be up this weekend, uh, just because he's only had two games since coming back from the injury. Uh, it's, they've been at low A. I assume they will want him to have take some plate appearances at Triple A, uh, because they just will want that. And uh, so, if James and Clay are right, and they are pretty smart guys when it comes to prospects, I would uh, 
kind of key in that for that that next home series after the uh, away stand. So let me see when that is, unless you have it up. I'm pulling. I do up. not. Hang on, I got it. Then uh, let's see for Toronto after they have a little home stand. It's not even a home stand; it's a home series, and then they're and then they're gone for a whole week until April twenty third. So, assuming they do want to bring them up at home, which is, I think, a fair thing to assume, but not guaranteed, right? So, it's not like do or die. It's just we're trying to map it out. And, again, they're great on prospect stuff, and that's one of the things that James is always trying to do, which is impossible, which uh, try to predict when guys are going to come up. But then they're, they're gone for seven after that. So, it's either this weekend, and I believe Saturday, I believe he said Saturday is the date uh, of, of Magic. And then, if not, you're talking another 10 days after that, April 23rd for Vlad Jr., if, unless they wanted to bring him in up at Minnesota or Oakland. Uh, so, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, he shouldn't be available anywhere, but if he is, get him. Get him in your NL only just in case. Just yeah, you know, just in, for sure. just in case they might trade him. <laughs> you never know, dude. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't do that, guys, and say, "Oh, well, the sports said that it was." Uh, blah, blah. Um, all right. Before we get into uh, bidding and some of the hot uh, pickups of the week, two catchers went down, and neither are terribly important. But we play in a lot of two catcher leagues, you and I do. So I figured it was worth kind of bringing these guys up that Is they're it? hurt and, and talk. I, I, it's not because think about these losers that. Uh, are going to have to start replacing the guys that went down. So McCann, Brian McCann and Alex Avila went down. Tyler Flowers was already down. So I think Javi Lopez is coming up for <laughs> Atlanta. And <laughs> um, no, but I think it's it's prospect Alex Jackson, who you may remember from Seattle, was drafted, uh, I believe, to play outfield. He'd mm-hmm. caught in high school, I believe, and now – Atlanta's transitioning him back. So I don't know what's going on with their catching situation. But Avila going down does clear the path for Carson Kelly, who's a little bit intriguing for a two-catcher league. So outside of uh, – well, first off, do you have any thoughts on Kelly in Uh, Arizona? Not necessarily. I don't think he's that interesting of an offensive catcher. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're desperate in a 15-team two-catcher league, he's worth – the gamble because he's probably going to get the playing time. But I think Alex Jackson is probably the most interesting because this is a former top prospect. He has shown some promise with the bat at times. He has yeah. turned around kind of that failed prospect uh, label uh, in uh, in Atlanta. So, and he's got, I mean, he's got real power in that bat. He hasn't necessarily shown it at the minor league levels, but he hasn't had like really long stops, you know, at, at too many levels. So uh, I think Jackson would be interesting. Uh, uh, Blake Swihart. Ah, that was the name. You beat me to it. Damn. Has been, that's yeah, who I'm getting. Yeah, that's who I would probably. I'm going for Swihart. I mean, this is, again, another former top prospect. Yep. I'm assuming you're looking at his page, but if you're not, do you know how old he is? Um, I'm not looking at his page. I was just looking at my my little piece of paper here that I wrote his name on. Uh, I'm gonna say 26. He's 27. I would have hey, thought okay. he was older than that. I just he seems to have been around forever because he has been. I mean, he was yeah. 
drafted by the Red Sox in 2011. So, so I was watching a little bit of their series this weekend against Arizona, mm-hmm. and it's the home telecast, so of course they're going to say positive things. But they were talking about how he's been committed, uh, Swihart has, to improving his defense behind the dish because part of the reason that he's continually – uh, failed to really take hold of a spot there that's been manned by Christian Vasquez and Sandy Leone and, you know, really mediocre to poor bats but decent defenders is because he himself, Swihart, hasn't been a great defender. So he's really worked to improve his catching. And if the, if that's, you know, if those that has come to fruition, then he could be an interesting piece because he can also run a bit for a catcher. Mm-hmm. So you could be looking at, you know, poor man's Danny Jansen. One of the reasons we liked him is because – he can run a little bit with, with some of his batting. Swihart's the guy I'm going for. In fact, I would even maybe go for Swihart over some other clowns that are being rostered in two catcher leagues I already. I completely agree. So, uh, yeah, Blake Swihart. That, honestly, 100% the reason I even brought up these two catchers was I wanted to shine some light on Swihart. So I'm glad. I, I hate that you trumped me, but I'm glad you brought him up. because well, uh, Yeah, I mean, he was DFS gold the other day for me. So, uh, <laughs> And he he's a switch hitter. Like, you know. It's one of those forgotten prospects, but mm-hmm. he is—he was a big time prospect. Let, so Blake do, Swihart. Let's do a quick. Would you rather? Yes. Uh, would you rather Blake Swihart or John Hicks? Swihart. Swihart or Suzuki? I'm still gonna go Suzuki. I'm gonna give him some, you know, some leash on what he was doing the last two years was so good. He is a part time guy, so it is—it's mm-hmm. tough. But what it's about Swihart or your boy Austin Barnes. How dare you? Move on. Barnes, obvious. Okay. Uh, I'd love to pair the two, by the way. If you if you could pair Barnes and Swihart in a two-catcher league, you could legitimately get like 12 to 13 steals from your catching, which is, is nuts. Uh, I think the name you just said is Barnhart, by the mm-hmm. way. Give me Swihart there. I, I'm going to take the bat. I, th- I think his bat's better. Yeah. I, I think one of the things we need to point out, if people don't already realize this, is that this is a guy who's been who's played at the major league level in kind of short spurts, largely because his bat's so good they kind of looked over the bad defense. Yes, and, and they so wanted if the to... defense is improved, this could mean a start of something special. So, uh, I mean, obviously we're not talking about a guy who's necessarily going to win you or your league, but most of your second catchers are going to lose your league. Exactly. <laughs> so, or at least going to lose you value. So They're actively hurting you. Yes. And Swihart could, could go the other mm-hmm. way. And another thing to point out is that Swihart's off days, if, if things really went well, let's dream, his off days could be spent at second base because he, he they did move around the yeah. diamond a little bit. And so maybe if, if they are still giving Vasquez time, because they do love Vasquez. How long is then, Pedroia out for Ever? Well, I mean, as soon as he's back, they will, like, wheel him out. I know. I know. I was thinking more of Eduardo Nunez off to a, a rough start, and so that's what I was saying. But uh, the bottom line is, in two catcher leagues, I want Swihart right now. Unless you stocked up on catcher and you have, like, Ramos, Grandal. Oh, they're or... activating him today. Okay. Well, so then or, we'll or, see how that goes there. Or, sorry, that, no, they're going to activate him tomorrow. That's just an ancillary benefit to Swihart is that he could bounce around yeah, the diamond a little get bit. Hurt again. Unfortunately, that's probably true. Um, all right, <laughs> I, so, love, I love how we have the little single A symbol next to Pedroia's name on the site because <laughs> it's been so long since he played in the majors. <laughs> that's where, you know, he, who's this A prospect, Dustin Pedroia? He's been grinding in that. Never heard of him. Oh. 
Yeah, five, five, nine, one seventy-five. He'll never amount to anything. He'll never make it. He'll never make it. All right, let's get into this bidding and talk about some of the big bids of the week and and what your outlook is on them. If you're targeting a guy and you're really excited about him and he goes off on Sunday, <laughs> is there anything worse? There's than no. That there's as nothing far as worse. Fantasy it's, goes. It's just like when I was like, oh, give me all the shares of Domingo Santana and the Jap- Japan series happen, it's and like, then he goes, yep. And then, like, and then good luck getting him then. Yeah. yeah. So Clint Frazier, what you know that there's folks out there like, okay, I'm gonna get Clint Frazier. I'm gonna have to pay a little bit. You know, I'm not gonna go light, but I don't want to go crazy here. Two homers on Sunday, absolutely blows up, becomes just like the the guy of the day because he goes four for five with the two yaks. He'd hit a homer the day before, so you're talking about three homers in two days. Prices start going sky high. What did he go for in your main event? Hundred and twenty-two bucks. If only, geez, I would have loved to. I would have actually won uh, Clint Frazier yeah, if that's I, all I he's think gone I for. bid seventy something. He went two fourteen in my main. Yeah, no, that 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 sounds about right. I, my my <laughs> league wasn't as uh, aggressive as some other leagues. I mean, okay. H- Hector Neris went uh, one hundred and fifty-seven bucks. <laughs> Um, Come again, good sir. Hector Neris went for 157 bucks. See, that's another Sunday reaction because yep. he, he got, got the save. save. He looked great. Robertson's mm-hmm. been pretty brutal, and um, he didn't even go in mine. Yeah, like that's 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 the crazy thing. So I put uh, I had 124 on Frazier. I wasn't even the the backup though. Oh, 127. Would've, that that would have been really great in my league. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, okay. In. So here's what we're looking at. We've got yeah, it would have been a pretty optimized bid if I'd have, if I'd have been in your league. Um, Neris did go in my league. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a line second uh, garbage. He, only he went, went for, for fifty nine bucks. Clint Frazier in my TGFBI league to our good <sighs> friend the Roto Gut. Oh this nice! Time, it was actually him this time. It was actually yeah. <laughs> after last week, we we disparaged him. Um, yeah, Neris did go for one on one. We'll talk about Neris again in a moment here. But Clint Frazier, so he's got. About a month runway, I think, is is fair to say here. One of the reasons I didn't quite want to get into the 200 level is because, you know, what happened? Like, I want to balance, like, not doing the whole, you know, blocking a guy before he's actually blocked and saying, well, he's not going to play when these guys get back. Because if he's beasting and you, they'll figure guess, out a place for him. Yeah. I think today's the the order of the day is like former former prospects rising up because he's another one. Clint Frazier was a big time prospect. Mm-hmm. Injuries really started to derail him. He's only 24. Yeah concussions. yeah, concussions. And that's the scariest thing. But if he's beasting, even when Hicks and Stanton come back. Hicks hasn't even started baseball activities and, I, mean, I love hicks but i'm absolutely not going to sit there and say that he's going to be able to block anybody off for any amount of time mm. like it's just plain and simple obviously stanton when he comes back uh, instantly in so you go stanton judge and then an open spot there but then you know wouldn't greg's bird's time be numbered then if frazier's yeah. actually beasting because then and Voight if, goes to first and stanton to dh and it's not like Voight. Voight did the whole Ian Happ thing where he had that first home run. Yes, Voight himself, and exactly. Doesn't even have to be Burton. Yeah, since that game, he's been absolutely atrocious. 
uh, he, he's hitting 156 since since that oh first goodness. game of the season. So, so yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. That's why I, I put 124. I was like, that's you know that's aggressive, but not over the top. Plus, he wasn't a major need. I might have gone. I still wouldn't have gotten him, but I might have gone more of like a 150 type of deal if he was. I a knew big... I knew I wasn't getting him because I I wasn't gonna put triple digits on him. And as much as I love the talent, and I I. Yeah, and I'd love to see Frazier turn into a stud because I think he's a fun personality, uh, and it's uh, you can see an easy path to him doing it. it, it it's more the injury history than the, the path to playing time that has sure. me worried. I mean, this is a guy who has not been able to get out of his own way, very David Dahl-ish uh, in terms of, uh, you know, running into walls or, uh, you know, soft tissue injuries. So I'm... I'm I'm very skeptical that he's going to be able to stay on the field, and I, and again, like I think I've said this a number of times over the course of the last few weeks, I'm much more conservative early on in the season, sure, in terms sure. of fab bidding, and I hate to blow two hundred dollars on someone that I know or that not that, that not that I know, but then it ends up being back in the minor leagues in two two to three weeks, so we're on the true IL. counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Could be six months of of sure. Clint Frick, you know, or, or damn near it's six gamble, months. So it's the gamble it you want to take. So Frazier wasn't the gamble I was willing to take. Yeah, so that's interesting though that he went for like I, I thought he was kind of a a regular um, upper one hundreds, low two hundreds kind of guy, but to go that cheap in your league, that is very interesting there for Clint Frazier. So he's going to have the like I said the runway for like a three week sample at least. I think the rest of this month uh, he should get good time to run out there and see what he can do. And then they'll kind of figure it out from there. And, and you mentioned Hicks not even doing baseball activities. Uh, Stanton seems more of the standard. He's going to be back yeah, around think, his timetable. I think I think Stanton is back before May. Yeah, uh, but, but Hicks, Hicks is the one that's like, oof. And even well. if they both come back, do we really – I know they love Brett Gardner. But, but if like, Frazier's beasting. Yeah, if Frazier is hitting – 275 has five home runs are they really gonna not figure out a way to get him in the lineup whether it's you know getting rid of greg bird or or putting Gardner or Voight. on the bench or, or void as you mentioned he's yeah. not been doing that well so yeah that there is maneuverability so I, I i didn't want that to be an impediment to me uh bidding on fraser so i went what i thought was aggressive and it didn't quite come through because the guy who bid him uh who put 214 on him in my league, went off. He put 208 on Alex Verdugo. Do you get, he got both of them? Yeah, and then another God. 176 on somebody we'll talk about in a moment. But I want to talk about Verdugo for a moment because uh, you and I have, you know, we talked about him in the offseason, uh, and I like him. Playing time was a concern. You have some makeup concerns. Mm-hmm. And... He's off to a decent start, but the playing time isn't there. And what's the ceiling? That that becomes my issue. Is like like I, I'm not as worried about the playing time concerns because the Dodgers will move guys around. Guys will get hurt because it's the Dodgers. For me, it's are we talking about a guy like I said? He's like Melky Cabrera. Which is nice. Like good Melky Cabrera good, is yeah, like good a, a, Cabrera. A, a fair comp. It sounds yeah. bad because you're thinking like of present day Melky Cabrera. Like 15 home runs, double like 15, digits. 15-15 with good average. Yeah, which in a full season's worth of plate appearances. 
So like yeah. that's really good, and he's a very good defensive player. So this is why he was so high on uh, uh, on prospect list because he overall he's going to be a, I think a really great player for the Dodgers. But fantasy wise, I don't necessarily know that he has a ton of ceiling, especially if he's going to be hitting at the bottom of that lineup when he plays. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't no, seem and, like a, a, a wise investment. And like I said, I like him. 208, I thought, was nuts. It's insane. That's like one-fifth of your entire budget for the year. 36 was the backup. And you said this is the same guy who got Frazier. So on Correct. two players that may not be starting in <laughs> three weeks, he put 40% of his yearly budget. Correct. Was this Dusty? Did Dusty do this? It was not Dusty. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I hope he listens. And I know he will. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, it's funny that you mentioned that too because we were kind of marveling at that at that happening. And he goes, hang on, I got to read it because it was really funny. He's, I was like, uh, yeah, I like Dugo a lot, but the playing time. And Dusty's like, he needs an injury for sure. And he goes, that bid, says he, the guy who made the bid, is personally going to rob a Dodgers outfielder tonight. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, Pollock is getting his Achilles sliced by this guy. Well, and see, that's because, the thing. Like, it's not like it, like he's not in the position to even have a short side of the platoon because he's a lefty. So he yeah. really needs someone to go down in order for him to get the playing to get time. long scale play. like that's the thing like it's just it's just not there yet and it may happen but you didn't need to the bottom line is you didn't need to put that high of a what number. was the there, second there, highest bid? 36 <laughs> like don't get me wrong i feel bad for the guy because everybody's done that right oh of course everybody's of course. overbid on someone and then seen the second bin like oh my and god like, what the oh, hell just happened i wish they didn't show second bins that hurt my heart <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that you know that's tough. At least there was a 127 on Frazier, which is still you know he still almost went 100 over, but 36 on Verdugo. So that that was tough. Um, and you know I think it's just uh, overbidding on a fast start for somebody that you know is just kind of making the most of his limited playing time right now. But we don't know what what's really going to happen there. Injuries could happen and, and make him look. Here's the thing though, that'll never be quote unquote right. Because you didn't have to pay that much, mm -hmm. you could have put eighty bucks, which still would have been a big overbid, and gotten him. Yeah, and and, and so that's that's kind of the problem with it. But let's move on. Let's talk oh, about. I uh, got totally, I'm looking at my main event bidding last night. I got totally jacked by everybody. I was like the second get, bid on like four different. I was going to say, were you, were you seconded like re yeah, regularly on, on Tapia twenty seven to twenty nine? Oh, um, optimal, nice on Jason Hayward. Uh, 52 to 49. Damn, they got you with some. Wilmer Defoe, uh, 81 to 51. Were any of those by the same person? Like, were they in your computer looking at your <laughs> The whole league was, apparently. Yeah, they, they hacked in. Eric, Eric some... Thames. Like, oh, God, just, yeah. I Did just... you get anybody for your? Yeah, I picked up uh, Jose Iglesias um, okay. and J.D. Davis and David Hess. Okay. Okay. So you got so, some. You got some and guys. I spent a total of four dollars. Hey, not not bad. There there were worse things to do. Uh, let's stay at the top though, and I want to talk about Christian Walker, who we did talk about last week and encouraged folks to go out and get. He was still available in some leagues though. He went for one ninety four to the person you're talking to right now, mm. and uh, the second bid was one twenty four. I did push it up a little bit to ensure I bid against myself. I kind of had it at one sixty nine, which would have been nice. 
and uh, and I, I bumped myself up. A little bit nervous about my guy Bohr, and McMahon went on the DL. So that's where I'm coming from there, uh, or IL, excuse me. And so I was thinking, let me go out and get him because I really do buy into the fact that he's going to have. Uh, we talked long-term- about him, right? Yeah, we talked about him last week. So if you really want to hear in depth, go there. But was he available in your? Was Christian Walker available in your main this week? I don't believe so. Okay, so he must have been scooped last yeah, week. Yeah, I think he was rate. already gone. Uh, yeah, he he was not he was not picked up, and I know I searched for him. So uh, he he was already gone. I believe he did go in my TGFBI league. Uh, oh no, he must have already been gone there too. So um, yeah. Oh, I scooped him in my main event qualifier. I think is what it was. See, I got him in TGFBI last week oh, unopposed. No. Smada, Smada, that bastard. Smada. He, Raising uh, your fist, shaking 113. He he. Uh, okay. Uh, bid on him, and and my consolation prize was a forty six dollar Tyler White. So. Okay. You could do worse. I I, yeah. I like that. I I'll like say, that. In a fifteen team league, that's that's not too bad. Yeah. So, so, I, so I like I, again, Walker. Full time playing time. He's shown that he's got power. Uh, he's gonna hit in the middle of the lineup. So yeah. Best case is this year's Jesus Aguilar. That is the dream. Oh, for sure. That's not what's going to happen necessarily, but that is the dream. Had a big spring, mm-hmm. has had a fast start. The lefties galore in that division. In fact, I think they have another slate almost filled to the brim with lefties this week. Yeah, they got uh, minor and then two righties with Lynn and Paddock and then three more lefties on the weekend for uh, for Walker and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, well, and he's hitting... All of his homers off of righties, too. So right? far, which I love, right? Yeah. yeah. So I wish I wouldn't have bid against myself, but I really wanted to get him. I'm not mad about that. Uh, 194, I think, for somebody who – the thing of it is, too, even when Lamb comes back, you can see a scenario where he still plays because they can move Lamb back to third, which they were doing a bit yeah, of they were, they were. We talked already. about that in the last episode, which was yeah. uh, they were talking about moving him back over there. They could play Escobar uh, at short uh, and – yeah, and move or second and yeah. Martin to the outfield. They have a lot of flexibility. They're so. a, a roster uh filled with flexibility there. So plus I also have Wilmer Flores on that team. So it's like I'm going to get the the playing time between those two in some form or fashion. So feel good about that. Uh except for the you know the extra twenty five bucks I put against myself, but uh, such is life. You mentioned Hector Neris briefly. I'm gonna talk about a couple uh relievers. Neris and Ryan Brazier. I want to talk about Brazier first, though, because he is the closer. Yeah, and uh, it seems that, that way. Yeah, it seems very clear that, that, was a good that he's good call the, by you. I'm I'm intrigued by this. He went for some big dollars, though. Um, One seventy six to the same guy Ooh. who got Frazier and Verdugo. <laughs> he spent some. My guy went shopping this week. This guy has like 40 leagues, and he goes, you know what? I really don't like this fab thing, and I'm just going to blow it all I, right here so I don't have to do any work. That way I don't have there. to worry about yeah. it. So, yeah, this let, is let either going to carry me or it's not. So I hope he listens. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't pushing hard on, on Brazier because I knew I had the big Walker bid. Plus, I have Brad Hand, Jose Alvarado, and Blake Parker. I think I feel like I have three Alvarado closers. Alvarado is so is sick, dude. Just He's so fun Getting to watch. to watch him in close out those two games uh, versus my Giants this weekend was like so mind-boggling, aggravating. Like, I don't know how you can hit some of those pitches. How do you do anything against him? Like, I just don't. Even the announcers for the Giants were like, 
what is that? Like John <laughs> Miller was like, I, I don't think you can hit that two seamer. I don't believe that you can hit that two seamer. That's a really good. That was a really good uh, impression. Thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was a big ticket item. Brazier was, um, uh, and I, I have my guys. By the way, mentioning Jose Alvarado, Diego Castillo was somebody that people are getting because he's kind of the right-handed mm-hmm. uh, iteration there. But Brazier's the guy. He was the number one closer going this week because he has a job. One seventy-six versus one thirty-seven, so pretty optimized there. He didn't, you know, the guy who bid on the Frazier and Verdugo didn't get smoked here. Looks like he's the guy based on the way where they're using Barnes. They haven't had a whole lot of opportunities, but he does have two saves in the three wins. Barnes did have the other one, but that was before Brazier was back, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Maybe not, but Barnes does have one. That was their first win. The last two wins have been saved by Brazier. He does have four strikeouts in the five innings. We did talk about him a bit last week, too, so if you want more in-depth analysis, uh, check out last week's episode. But I'll ask you, did he go in in your leagues? And if so, for what, for Ryan Brazier? Uh, He definitely did not go in my main event. He was already gone. I know know he was drafted because I I almost got him really late in that draft. Uh, It does not appear he went in my TGFBI league. Uh, Let's see if he went on my online championship. Uh, he did go in my online championship for $55. Okay. So, that's a 12-teamer, so that's a little yeah. bit – that's not that's not a bad price. I'll take it's that not, all day. It went for, you went for cheaper than Hector Neris. That's weird. I mean, uh, they both had a save. You, you would think that uh, – you know, That's That is very int- – I'm, I'm kind of shook by that. So let's talk about Hector Neris real quick. You mentioned that he went wild in your in your main – Yes. Uh, what did you say, like 150? Uh, yeah, it was something like that. Let me go that, back to it. He went 101 in mine on a uh, 81 secondary, so pretty optimized. If you're if you're within 20 bucks, you should feel he pretty went, good. He went for oh, that's my main event qualifier. Too many leagues, dude. Uh, he went for 157. The runner up was 63. <sighs> 157 feels aggressive with great with uh, well, Gabe this Kaplan. This guy there. went 157 on Neris, uh, 98 on Margovich. Nick Mar- Mar- Margovicious? Yeah, sure, that's it. Uh, 89 on Moreland. He's the guy who beat me out on Wilmer Defoe for 81. Um, and I feel like he had more than that. Uh, oh yeah, so had, forty-four dollars on Derek Dietrich. Uh, he replaced half his team. Jeez. Uh, $42 on Aaron Brooks. And is that it? I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna math this up uh, because I've been up all night and I, I, I'm not going to try to do this kind of addition in my head. So, uh, But, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money, um, again, in one week. Uh, and then let's see if. Plus forty four, plus forty two, five hundred and eleven dollars this week. Holy crap! Over half of his six budget. players. And let's see. He, he does know there's no zero dollar oh, bids, right? Hold on, hold on. Last week, he spent one hundred nineteen dollars on uh, Matt Shoemaker, and a hundred and one dollars on Lurie Garcia. Holy crap. How much on Lurie Garcia? 101. Get out of here. So he has spent through the first three weeks of the season, or three weeks, three fab biddings, 
Uh, he didn't bid on anybody in the fr- in the first original fab bidding before the start of the season. Seven hundred thirty-one dollars. He knows there's no zero dollars, right? I, I I've oh no, Michael Palmer. I, I'm pretty sure he's a big time NFBC player. All right, maybe he's just like these are these are my guys. I'm going for it. I I mean wow. I mean that's that's aggressive. That's very aggressive because there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of weeks that he's just not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, oh no. <laughs> this was the guy who was sitting next to me. Okay. Yeah. No. This was not one of the, the like Hall of Famers or something. This was. Oh, okay. This was the guy who was sitting directly to my right, um, and I want to say he drafted like seven middle relievers what in in the draft but so, why i i don't know okay just and, so you <laughs> like he, i don't know he, he, he was the guy that like like he would make a draft pick and i would giggle it's oh, tough it's a tough <laughs> scene there he took dallas yeah. keichel in the 12th andrew miller in the 13th uh juris familiar in the 17th Craig Stammen in the 21st, uh, Joe Kelly in the 23rd, uh, Adam Adovino in the 25th, Trevor Rosenthal in the 28th, and then Ryan Yarborough in the 29th. Stop doing this. No, this this is... Please don't do this. Tell me you're lying. These are are not facts. These are are falses. He also took three catchers. Okay. Come on now. And multiple... DL guys. <laughs> oh my goodness. You got Ian Hap though. It's a tough scene. It's a tough scene. He was right there. He was, I'll tell you what. I hope, I really hope he doesn't listen because I feel bad for saying this because I did mention his name. Um but uh yeah, now he was the guy where I was like, well, at least I'm not finishing last. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Maybe I'll go bleep that... his name. That is uh, that is something there. Well, you know, we all got to learn at some point. I I haven't done well in the main event yet, so who am I to talk? I'm but, doing uh, fantastically, actually. Are you though? No, no. It's okay. it's it's been truly atrocious. Uh, let's see. I'm currently. Yeah, what place are you in? I'm, I'm in twelfth so. place in my league. Okay. Uh, with an overall rank of five hundred and forty. Aren't there? 540 teams? No, there's... I know, I'm being a jerk. Uh, no, because you're below me. No, I'm not. Oh, damn it. 445, jerk. <laughs> yeah, boy. I'm surging. Uh, are, are we going to have some sort of bet on... Uh, are we going to... Uh... Probably should, right? I yeah. Know. I mean, uh, on pretty the much overall. the same spot right now, so it's not like anybody has an advantage. Yeah. There's 570 teams, by the way. Um, so, you know, what, what, what do we do? Higher overall? What, what happens? Uh... Um, we doing like a uh, like a profile picture, or Twitter, yeah, Twitter, something like that, or yeah, yeah. I think I think. Um, oh, oh, I I got it. Uh, we can let the the uh, we can let the uh, other person, significant other, choose the profile picture. Boom. Jen chooses for, chooses for me. Danielle chooses for you. Excellent. All set. All set. By the way, I'm looking Sammy Reed, our boys, in 550, and I'm not doing this to put him on blast. I'm doing it more to marvel at the split that he has. So this is for the overall, right? So this is 570, mm-hmm. basically a 570 team roto league for those that don't uh, understand how the, the the main event works. 
1,209 uh, offensive points, 177 pitching. Wow. Like, that's just a wild split right there. And that's our, what happened. Our boy Dusty Wagner is in third place in the overall. At a boy. In, in, from my league, though? I don't think no, he's no, my, from a different league, from one of the Vegas drafts. Okay. Uh, our, our friend uh, Brian Rudd uh, in ninth place. Let's go. So, oh, the guy uh, uh, James Maples from my New York draft is in twelfth. Fantastic. So, I'm seeing if I just randomly see anybody else. Let's see Dusty's team here. That's in third. We're we're a little derailed here, but it's fun. No, it's yeah. Season long. What, what's he got going? That's really carrying. Him? Oh, look, another guy in mine in the top uh, in in twenty seventh. Another guy in mine in twentieth. Like I've got, I've got three guys in the top thirty. In my I mean, you did have like nine uh, Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah. in your league, so. Oh, uh, another guy from my main event in the top forty, Glenn, uh, Glenn Lowey, who uh, was really cool. I got to hang out with him uh, a fair amount because we we were both smoking, um, and uh, he he a really nice guy. Uh, our our friend Scott Jenstad and Jeff Erickson uh, tied at fifty three. Nice. So they do the uh, they're they're on the RotoWire podcast too. They're Sunday yeah, night. I, Monday morning one is fantastic. I, think I might ask Scott if he wants to come on on Sundays one of these days. Scott's a, a really good dude. Scott's a G for sure. Um, all right. Well, moving on then. Uh, we talked about Brazier. Oh, so just a quick thing on Naris though. Yeah, he got the save, and he's been like an oasis in that bullpen right now because David Robertson is completely messed up. And so is Sir Anthony Dominguez. But do you think they're like what? What is your likelihood? What is your percentage that that Hector Neris runs with it and ends up being you know the the full scale closer? Five percent. Yikes. Okay, so you don't buy it at no, all. No, I mean I was the guy who said that I didn't want uh, Robertson as like my closer too because I didn't think that he would get enough of the saves or at least sure. differentiate himself from the rest of the pack. Because I think this is what Philadelphia is going to do, is yep. a bunch of different guys are going to get 10 to 15 saves. Well, especially if, if one of a, one or more is not performing, too. That's yeah. that's the problem. Well, I think he's um, going to mix, mix and match, and he's going to put his most effective reliever at the time in the most effective spots, which is what, from a you know pure baseball perspective, he should be doing. But it's going to be aggravating for for fantasy owners, and I didn't really want to play in that unless I was getting him as like my fourth reliever. I, I understand. I think that that's fair. Um, David Robertson was somebody I kind of thought he would take the job. I, I had a differing view, and it's it's not going well so far, especially because he's been brutal. Thankfully, I didn't get David Robertson as much as I wanted. Uh, we have him in our best ball, so we're not even getting hit with the trash. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of best ball. And then I got him in a, a dynasty league that I started with my uh, with my Twitch community. Have you community, even checked so. and seen how we're doing in that best ball league? I haven't. No. I, I never do. So I, I have not. I, I, I did to just collect yeah, at the end of the season. I, well, I kind of wanted to like a month in because right now it's like, well, who cares? Right I, now, I care. Says, I, want, I want to take my victory lap. Well, if you care, you check it because you I, also have I'm access. Literally to it. We're checking tenth. it right now. We're tenth. I beat you. Google how, Fiverr for the win. How dare you? <laughs> wow, this team sucks. I totally blame you. <laughs> Excuse me. Hmm? What? It's very, very rude. Very rude. All right, let's move on. Two pitchers, same team, mm-hmm. both pitching well. Trent Thornton, who? Trent Thornton, and 
Matt Shoemaker, who you should know from the mm-hmm. from the Angels. Um, both for the Blue Jays pitching very well. Trent Thornton was the the traded piece for Aledmus Diaz, so he comes from the Houston organization, which admittedly does give him a bit more juice for me. I really do kind of uh, favor when I see a guy who came from Houston. That's a silly uh, narrative. Is it? It is. Are you being serious? It, yeah. Oh, you're wrong. Am I? Of course you are. How? How can? Why? Why is it silly? Okay, name a bunch of other players that that's worked for. Ramon Laureano, Teoscar has Hernandez, it worked for? Laureano hasn't Martinez. looked good. Okay, JD Martinez does not count. He still came from their organization, though. I know, but that one is a completely different organization then. No, it wasn't. That was that organization. It was. It was their current regime. Was it? Okay. Okay. Don't count him. That's fine. Yeah, I don't think you can count Ramon Laureano, Teoscar Hernandez, Delano DeShields. Okay, those like, are three guys that have players. not actually panned out really well. I mean, Loriano is still obviously the, and I love Teoscar Hernandez, but I love Teoscar Hernandez in theory. Loriano is a great defensive player, but he hasn't proven that he can hit, you know, hit over the course of a full season at the major league level. And Delino DeShields, as much as Teoscar we love, Hernandez hit 22 homers last year, like he was perfectly fine for and what he's he was riding for. the bench in Toronto. Like, I mean, it's it's eleven games, my guy. Relax on that. He already has a, a full season under his belt, though, where he was perfectly fine. Twenty two and five for what you paid for. It was an above average player for sure. What you paid for and what you're paying for Thornton and Ramon Laureano was anything, uh, awesome in the second half last like year. The, this this narrative is silly. It's not. No, it's not. Dude. It That's is insane. silly. Insane. It's really not, though. You think every organization is the same, and it doesn't matter where they come from. I, I That's don't. A I don't. Brutally I don't, terrible take. I don't. I don't. I didn't say that at all. But I think that the well, yeah, idea. Yeah, you basically are, though. If you if you don't put any value in a, in a guy coming from a quality organization, you're basically saying that it does that it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, I don't. And of course, it matters. I think of it matters course. some. Yeah. I don't think it matters that much, especially if they're willing to give up on the guy. I mean, it's not like they they, they felt they did it. It's not like they they said that like he's terrible. Like, what they uh, traded him for? JD Martinez wanted to cut Aledmus Diaz for for Trent Thornton. So they they traded him for a backup utility infielder. Like okay. that. That's not like and this was a guy who's a a, a major league ready you know uh, prospect. Like that isn't. Where were they going to play him? You, the the Astros didn't need starting pitching to start the season. No, they move they moved two guys out of their bullpen so they could have so so they could uh, they could roster. They're guys. awesome starters. <laughs> Peacock and McHugh. Don't get me wrong, like, I love Peacock and McHugh, but yeah. I mean they they were more than content on for for the last few years just and keeping them in the pen. Been looking good, yeah, because they didn't need him. I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was impressed by Thornton. Uh, in, in in the first start, uh, but uh, or in the in, in the there, in the most recent start, but uh, I'm not. I don't think that this is necessarily. Uh, at least I'm, I'm not putting stock in the the Astros did something, and that's you know why he. There uh, are a few things more tired, honestly, than everyone. That narrative, narrative, narrative. I, like the second someone starts saying that, like I dismiss them. I'm so tired of hearing that because everything gets classified under that, and it's like it's not. It's like okay, where did he come from? He came from a, a, a strong organization. Okay, cool. I'm intrigued by but this. But there's plenty of uh, guys who've come from Houston that have never done anything. 
Well, nobody has. Yeah, nobody has a 100. No one remembers who they are. Is, rate. Is, 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 I mean, no, nobody has a 100% success rate. That's not really the point. The idea isn't that he's automatically going to be good. The idea is that, okay, versus, say, coming from a shitty organization like the Giants or something. How dare minor you? System, you know, we, I wouldn't we produce Luis Castillo. Yeah, like 10, 10, 10 <laughs> years down the line. Um, he started you know, with and, us. And Francisco Biologically Mariano. speaking, he was ours. Biologically, he was he was born there. Yes. I, I think it's insane that you wouldn't that you wouldn't give any credence to to where where a guy came from, though. I mean, it's a, a tiebreaker type thing. If you if you want to use that as a okay, you dismissed it out of hand. You said it's a silly narrative. It is kind of a silly narrative. It's not though. It's absolutely not. I mean, I didn't say it was. You treat stupid. guys coming out of Baltimore the exact same. It's not though. There's nothing silly about it. There's absolutely nothing silly about it. Now, the, the the weight would matter, the weight that you put on it, but there's absolutely nothing silly about it. Like that that that's what I I won't I won't agree on because it's not because right, I'm not going to treat a to... prospect out of Baltimore the same as I am out of Houston or out of Tampa Bay the same as I am out of uh, Detroit. You know, like. Of course it matters. Of I, course I don't it matters. Think it, I, I think it matters very, very little. I, I will give you it matters a very, very little. You're insane. <laughs> you know what the All best right. part about this is? Is the listeners don't know that you were going to go, you were going to throw me this question and then run to go get a drink of water. And me saying that it was silly just totally derailed you from getting a drink of water. Correct. Correct. It's amazing. So Trent Thornton and Matt Shoemaker both been beasting. Um, they got to face Cleveland and Detroit, two teams that are just striking out like crazy. Uh, they were both hot ticket items in a lot of leagues this week. I think Shoe was already gone in mine. Let me look in my main real quick. Shoemaker was definitely gone because he went to that dude uh, I was just talking about. But Last I, week you said, right? Yeah, but I know Thornton went for a pretty penny uh, in mine. I wish I had. Thornton went. 126 and my backup was 69 which is nice but it wasn't nice enough to get him so between don't Thornton... you think like speaking of silly things to do i mean you being as publicly you know public in the you know uh, as you are don't you think that most people would know to put at least 70 dollars on a player against you i mean he put 126 so if they think i'm gonna bid 69 on everyone that's great because then they're gonna that's buy the some automatic 70 it's yeah, the automatic <laughs> that's like your your computer's set for 69 right yeah that's where the starting bit is yeah but if they think that's all i'm gonna put on guys then that's fine because then they're gonna they're gonna bet like 70 on tyler molly or something 47 in mine how are you in the cheapest league ever well the 126 in mine you went for 40 I, i may be in a cheaper league but i'm also in a league where everybody bought three players this week at least like it just like there's a huge list of guys that were bought in my league, so like, I mean it was a wild it was a wild wild week. I wish it numbered it, yeah, because we have a ton in, in ours as well, and a lot of you know double digit single digit guys too. But the, these these triple digit guys are wild. So between Thornton and Shoemaker, break down what you've seen so far, and, and who who are you trusting more going forward? Because it's still the AL beast, and I know New York and Boston haven't really gotten going, but they will. So, which of the two would you want the most, and, and why? Speaking of, by the way, Shu goes to Boston, 
and then gets Tampa Bay this week in a, in a two-step, whereas Thornton gets Tampa Bay on Friday at home. So uh, go ahead, and now I am going to get that drink. <laughs> well, while you go ahead and go get that drink, uh, I think it largely depends on whether I'm looking for a short-term replacement or a longer-term replacement, because I have little to no faith that Matt Shoemaker is going to stay healthy for all season, though I think his short-term upside is probably greater than Thornton's. And so if I'm looking for a guy to fill in for just the next week or two or three weeks, uh, I'm going to go with Shoemaker because we know his stuff. We've seen kind of a version of this before with him. I just have no faith he's staying on the field, whereas Thornton, I think could establish himself in the B- Blue Jays being a rebuilding team, could commit to him for the long term. So uh, if I'm looking for someone who's going to stay in my rotation the rest of the season, uh, I'll surprisingly go with the younger, unproven guy over the vet who can't stay on the field. Because you're concerned, yeah, that that uh, that Shoemaker, I mean, who hasn't, he has 78 and 31 innings the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I just so, don't think he's ever been right since getting hit with that comebacker in the head. Dude, and that, I mean, that's so scary, man. Oh, and I mean, he looks great, and he looked really, you know, good at times in his short sample last year. I know, like, the surface numbers weren't amazing necessarily for Shoemaker. But the skills were still yeah, there. Yeah, the skills were great. Uh, he just, he got unlucky, uh, especially in the strand rate. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure he got, yeah, he got babbipped a little bit to death. You know, and while he's getting a little bit uh, lucky in terms, you know, of, you know, Babbitt right now, I I totally believe in the skills. I just, I worry that the arm or the head or or something's going to go wrong with Schumacher. I think he's had a knee injury too uh, at one point, um, and I just think the wheels come off at some point. And so, yeah, I mean, just a short-term, long-term kind of risk-reward factor. Sure. I, I think that that's, that's definitely fair there. I, I do like both. I would, I would roster both. If you're in 12 teamers, we've we focused a lot on 15 teamers as the jump off point, but that means that these guys are, are probably available in some 12 teamers. Uh, so you definitely have to go check. And if you can get either of them, you know, I, I would take the shot on Shoemaker this week in a two start, despite going to Boston and facing Tampa Bay. Both have quality offenses, particularly on paper, and I know Boston's hasn't gotten going. But I do think that you know Shoemaker's a guy who can still succeed against quality. He's not a beat-up, crappy teams-only kind of guy. And um, and then Thornton gets the Tampa Bay uh, raise just with the one start this week. He's got the really high spin curveball. We he never really walked guys coming up in the minors. That's what I really like. And so he's not going to maintain a forty percent strikeout rate. But I do believe that he should have a a plus strikeout rate where he's adding, you know, he's adding to your bottom line there. If you're a per nine type of guy thinking eight point five plus uh, there, which translates to about a, you know, 23 percent or better sort of rate. I like the K rate, but I know some folks actually use K9 as their their metric there. So, um, yeah, I like either. I think I lean toward Thornton more as well. I think your point about Shoemaker's health makes some sense, but both There's are also, guys I'd like to roster. Shoemaker also is really living off the ground ball right now. And I was going to bring up a point about that. scary in Toronto. I mean, yes, having Freddie Galvis behind you Bingo. definitely helps. You're uh, pulling the words out of my brain. And, and Guriel's great at second. Maybe once Vlad's there, he, he takes a step. You know, that, that could hurt a little bit, but I think Galvis uh, is is – good enough to help cover, you know, maybe the deficiencies of Vlad. 
though that that infield is well, <laughs> how good is Drury? I mean, Drury to Vlad. I think he's pretty. I think Drury's a pretty decent defender. Okay. I wouldn't say okay. he's like a plus defender by any stretch, but I mean he's a guy who who is pretty athletic. Has played three different defensive positions. I've never seen him look poor. Uh, okay. I don't know what the you know I don't love defensive metrics, but I don't know what the defensive metrics necessarily say about him. I can look him up real quick. Um, it looks like he's been pretty decent uh, as a third baseman yeah. from like a defensive run save standpoint and even a UZR. He's not terrible for Brandon Drury. Yeah, what I was going to say is virtually what you, were, what you were getting at there is that ground ball guys in Toronto can be scary. That was my big issue with them coming into the year is just how scary that that uh, that park alone can be because of the turf, but then also that they've had poor defense. Freddie Galvis is tu- changing my tune a little bit he's, to where I'm not. He's a stud defensively. He's so good. And he actually lost his games streak, game started streak the other day. Uh, I think he came in. Maybe a streak should continue. I think he pinch hit in that game. So uh, obviously a game started streak wouldn't continue, but a game's played. But no, nevertheless, he's a, a stable force in the midst of of an infield as a shortstop. So he's and making even, me a little bit more if, interested in the Stroh and uh, Aaron Sanchez shoemakers of the world. And even if something were to happen to Galvis get hurt. Uh, Richard Urena is a really good defensive shortstop as well. He's glove so, first, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be a prospect of note, but never, never the bat never came around. But so he, even if something happened to to Galvis, Urena wouldn't be that much of a step down defensively. Since we brought him up, I'll add him to the list real quick. Freddie Galvis is also smacking the ball around. I he has a ten twenty five OPS and three homers. You picked him up in Maine. Uh, I don't. It wasn't the Maine. I think I lost out on him. Another one of the guys. I lost out on him. Uh, let me double check because I he know went for I had twenty four in my he went main. for sixteen, and I had him in for eight. Uh, it just yeah, he he just I, I got just everybody was looking at my my board. Uh, <laughs> so, it just yeah, they were just logged in, man. So, but uh, I did pick him up in uh, a couple different uh, leagues. Uh, Might have actually grabbed him in TGFBI if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yes, I did. I got him for a buck in TGFBI. So nice. That's uh, and that's a fifteen teamer still. So that's yeah. pretty nice. Uh, I like I said, I love him defensively, and so he's gonna play. Like, there's no even when Vlad comes up, there's no sense that he's gonna lose out on time. No, to, Galvis is gonna play. Yeah, Galvis is gonna continue to play. And while the power has been an interesting uh, early on part of his game, the reason I grabbed him is because he can steal bases. I mean, mm-hmm. he had double-digit steals in uh, each of uh, his three seasons between 2015 and 2017. It took a little bit of a dip in a disappointing year last year uh, with the Padres, but I figured a team like the Blue Jays, who are going to try to manufacture runs any way they can, might let him run a little bit. Let him run. So. Yeah, let, let, let Galvis run a little bit, do his thing. He's a great glove uh, like I said, already has three yaks this year, which is kind of crazy. And probably it is won't not keep an up this offensive offense. liability from an average standpoint. No, I, I think I, I think he's a perfectly fine plug-in. Interesting middle and uh, volume. We talk about volume mattering, especially in deeper leagues. You got him in a 15-teamer. So that works there for Freddie Galvis. Let's move on to uh, Tampa Bay. They had a couple guys not as available necessarily in the 15-teamers as, as necessarily the 12s. But I do want to bring up both Kevin Kiermaier and Yandy Diaz. Um, Kiermaier, you know, you talk about uh, health 
And that's obviously his number one concern, but he's off to another strong start. Two homers, two steals, 10-20 OPS. I know that's what it boils down to is whether or not he can stay healthy. You talk about like injury prone versus accident prone or whatever. I think that that's something that they talk about on, I believe that's Rotowire that, that mess, uh, mentions that. I think some of the way that Kiermaier plays definitely is conducive to it. He plays all out in defense. Do you think that there's any, you know, any, any way that Tampa Bay would be like, okay, we love your defense. You're an elite defender, but maybe peel back a little bit because we'd rather have you as a really strong defender for 135 games plus at least. And that's not even a, that still allows a DL stint, but he's got 105, 98, and 88 the last three years versus all world defender for 90 games. Like, do you think there's anything there where they try to get him to manage, you know, running into the wall and diving after everything for Kevin Kiermeyer? Yeah, I gotta hope so. I mean, it's just at some he's point, a good player. He is. He's a really, really good player, and my wife thinks he's got beautiful eyes. Anyone with eyes thinks <laughs> that. You All you have to do is look like, come on, let's just be honest about mm-hmm. what we're dealing with here. So I, I would hope that someone would say something to him or that he would kind of put two and two together and go, I'm 28 years old. Uh, I, you know, I want another contract after my, uh, my, my long-term deal with the club is up. And if I keep hurting myself, it's going to limit my earning potential. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just need to cool it a little bit. You don't have to cool it a ton. Just, you know, cool it a little bit because he does have a ton of offensive potential. We've seen it before. Uh, we've seen, what, a 15-15 season. And uh, I think there's obviously uh, a growth potential to be a 20-20 guy if he can stay on the field for a whole season. So For sure. Uh, Somebody asked me if I'd rather have – I should probably – someone who was on Twitter asked me if I'd rather have Kiermeyer or – oh, Tyler O'Neill. And I, I said I think I'd rather have Kiermeyer. Me too. I mean, O'Neill's just not getting the playing time right now. Mm-hmm. And that's – I mean, ultimately, as long as Kiermeyer is healthy, he's going to play. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. He's an elite defender. He's he's top of the lineup type of guy. Uh, he's definitely going to play. Uh, let's talk about uh, Yandy Diaz. Pardon me, by the way. It doesn't look like he is at the top of the lineup right now. I, I might have misspoke there. Uh, against lefties, he isn't, or against lefties, he is, because oh, he's I'm a lefty sorry. himself, I, Kiermaier is. I thought you were talking about Yandy Diaz. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Kiermaier is more of a bottom-of-the-order guy, but he is playing mm-hmm. every single day. But Yandy that could Diaz, change if Meadows continues to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they and they maybe they flip flop them. They put Meadows at seven and put Kiermaier at, at first. Yeah, especially against righties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yandy Diaz, yo, is it is it happening? I is think it, it is. It's happening. Only nine games, but he's got three homers. And the thing was, if he just lifts the ball a mm-hmm. little bit, this dude can hit twenty easily, if not more. But like, we'll just take twenty right now. Like that, that would be amazing. He's off to a fantastic start. He's walking more than he struck out. 13% walk, 8% strikeout rate, 1061 OPS, three homers already for Yandy Diaz. I mean, it's looking good. Is he an all-formats must-own guy right now for Yandy Diaz? <laughs> he had two of his homers in San Francisco. I know, I know, and they were line drives. Uh, they barely it, got off the ground. His, his launch angle last year, and we've joked about this, was 4.4. What do you think his launch angle is so far in 2019? 8. Nope. 4.4. It's (laughs) 5.5. 
He's not even lifting. Nothing's it. He's just, changing. He's just so good. Uh, I mean, well, what's changed is he's barreling the ball right now. Yeah, uh, he's got he he's got a ten percent barrel percentage. Major league average is six percent. He's just he's just crushing the ball. Uh, seeing it really well, hitting it hard, um, not striking out at all. Uh, but if you think this is a launch angle change. I mean, technically, tiny, there's a tiny change, and obviously, he's only had 30 batted balls, so it's a it's a really small sample size. Sure. But uh, th- there isn't really a change in his launch angle, so I don't want to say yet that uh, that this is going to you know he's all automatically going to jump into being a 20 or 25 home run guy. That being said. The Rays don't really have a whole lot of options because of injuries right now, and they really seem to like him. I mean, they're leading him off against left-handed uh, pitching, which he means he's leading off today. Uh, I think you have to buy him in all formats. I think so, too. I think Yanni Diaz is somebody to have in all formats uh, for sure. But that being said, like I don't don't expect him to... Like, this isn't like, oh, this is happening type thing. This is, I think he's just right now where he's sitting in the lineup on the team he's sitting for. You need to own him, but I don't think this is necessarily the breakout. Yeah, not yet at least. I'd like not it yet. to be, but it's. I don't think it is. All right, but uh, definitely have him everywhere. Now, <laughs> this guy, Jason Hayward, had a massive weekend. He's a name guy. Three homers, two steals, a couple homers in uh, – in Milwaukee, you buying in any of this at all? Oh, I tried to <laughs> in the main event just because I was work. looking for offense. Uh, and I was like, man, Hayward's actually putting the ball in play, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, I think he has <laughs> – how many grounded into double plays does Jason Hayward have this season? Six. He has five already. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, Didn't he have like eight all of last year? Yeah, he had seven. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but he's stolen two bases. He's hit three home runs. Um, I mean, this obviously isn't the turnaround that, you know, we or, – or he's not going to be like, this is a dream season. He's figured it out. I don't believe that yet. Uh, but I am a little bit impressed – uh, by uh, some of the underlying uh, metrics we're seeing. One, making a lot of really great contact, uh, which, I mean, for the most part, he's always done, but he's also not swinging outside of the zone uh, as much as he was uh, That's uh, last year, I mean, he's which not, is a step like, forward. He's not a strikeout guy either. But yeah. He, he, but, but your point, you're saying not swinging outside of the zone for Hayward. Yeah, it's not that he would swing and miss. It's that he would make terrible poor con, contact. Con, poor contact. Yes. Because, I mean, he's a guy who last year was making uh, – con his O contact percentage was 76.6%, which means he was making contact with three-quarters of the pitches outside of the zone, which leads to him, you know, when you're swinging that much outside at bad pitches – a lot of you know, either weak contact or or pop ups or uh, foul outs or, or things like that. And so if he's not doing that as much, I think there's a chance we could see an improvement in average. Now I'm not saying, you know, he's going to hit 333 like he is now, but maybe we see him hit 280. 
And if he's being a little bit more selective, maybe instead of eight home runs, we see 15 home runs. And if he's getting on base a little bit more, maybe instead of one stolen base, we see eight, nine, ten stolen bases. That that would be nice. That'd be nice. So, yeah, he was he was one for two last year. Jason Hayward was, and four for eight the year before. Like this is a guy who was dealing twenty. Yeah, with the Braves. Uh, where, so, where are you picking him up? Let, let, let's boil it down 15 to that. Fifteen team mixed. I don't think I'm picking him up in twelve, unless okay, I'm so like no, decimated in the outfield or something. No, Jason Hayward in uh, in twelve teamers right now. But this is this is a guy who's an accumulator. So if he makes some improvements on you know in terms of his plate approach he's going to improve in a lot of different areas so he's not a guy who's gonna all of a sudden he's gonna hit 20 home runs or steal 20 bases but he's gonna do a little bit in every category for you and being on a good offense uh means the counting you know the runs and rbis uh could be there so like i think this is a really interesting guy in your deeper formats yeah i i think so too i mean Certainly want him to be good. I, I like I like Jason Hayward. Like I want him to be good. All right, favorite player time. I saved it for you toward the end here. Um, you love Dansby Swanson almost too much. It gets annoying to hear you talk about how good he is. And uh, are you taking a victory lap on this twelve oh one OP? For those that don't know, Justin can't stand Dansby Swanson. He had like he was fending people off a few years ago or saying he was all good or whatever. Was it based on the thirty eight game twenty sixteen sample and then yeah, he was being I'm overdrafted? Sure that's what it was. I, so, I and I still get trolled and I, I don't know I think I I think I said this on the last episode with you. Was yeah. like, I've already won this argument. You you people can stop this shit. Um, exactly because like uh, he doesn't cost anything now J- mm-hmm. justin doesn't really care if he does it doesn't matter it's that's not the yes. point because the, point the, arg- was the argument was, was will he be a top 12 shortstop and this was a few years ago and because i i said he wouldn't be a top 25 shortstop in my bold predictions that uh mm-hmm. that year and everybody thought i was crazy because this was like the hype year for dansby swanson um yeah. And then he got off to that great start. Everybody trolled me for a little while. And then he finished 45th among shortstops that year. Did you hear from those people? I I did not. But I do That's hear weird. from them every once in a while when Dan Swanson inevitably goes into his, uh, you know, three-week sample where he's, you know, hitting well. And then he disappears again. Uh, not to say, I think he might have been a bit underdrafted. Uh, coming into this season, he is still in a good lineup. He did sure. hit 14 home runs uh, in 136 games. Free playing time, like he's yeah. going to play. Well, I mean, that's the question, though, because they do have Johan Camargo, and the Donaldson signing left Camargo without a job. So, I mean, mm-hmm. theoretically, he could lose the role. So, he, I think he needs the hit to stay on this team. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. Um, okay, so he's that got being three said, homers. I don't, I don't want him in any format. The, the thing of it is, he got twelve, uh, three homers, twelve oh one OPS for Dansby Swanson in these nine games. Took me one millisecond to go into his twenty eighteen game log and find a nine game sample where he hit three homers and he had an eleven eighteen OPS. Like this, this is still nothing yet. Yes. Like that's the thing. It's like okay, great that it, that you've got this, but it's a twenty nine percent line drive rate. That's not going to last. Like, what's really changed here? 
not much, I don't think. Exactly. Uh, so, I that I just can't I just can't put anything I mean, into right now. It he yet. he is just enjoy it. But he, are you picking him up anywhere for Dansby Swanson? No. How about that? Okay. I mean, his exit velocity is up early on. His barrel percentage is through the roof early on. I still think this is all very small sample stuff, and. I'm not saying he can't be decent and he can't be a usable middle, maybe in a 15-team league, but I don't I don't think that his cap or I don't I don't think his ceiling is much more than that. And Orlando Arcia is available in just as many leagues as he's uh, as Swanson is, and Arcia has been on fire too. So you know since that <laughs> slow start for the first three days, yeah. people freaked out and dropped him. Uh, so like I'd rather have Orlando Arcia than Dansby Swanson rest of the way. Oh, me too. Me too. So, sorry, Dansby Swanson fans. All right, last one here. Daniel Vogelbach has a has a few homers, looking like a softball player out there. This Seattle Mariners offense. Oh my God, they're absolutely beasting. I had fools. Vogelbach on my bench in my AL only. Nineteen seventy nine OPS so far because he has seven hits and it's two doubles and four homers. I do think that there's valid concern of like the playing time thing though, because mm-hmm. once Edwin's healthy and he was playing, I believe, just yesterday. Where where do you really see Vogelbach playing? Because you got Bruce at first, Edwin at DH. Okay, if you put Bruce into the outfield, then one of Hanniger, Santana, or Smith has to come out. So it does require an injury. Bruce can't play anywhere but left field. So it it does require an injury at this point. And so that's why I'm kind of tempered with it. 15 team, yeah, you got to put him on a reserve roster for sure for Vogelbach. And I do believe he went – let me see when he went – he must have already been on a roster because he didn't go yesterday. Did he go in your league for Daniel Vogelbach? Mm, I don't have my page up anymore. No. Oh, no, he's still a free agent in mine, so my league didn't even care. He's, he went in my TGFBI. He's available in all my other stuff. Are you rostering Vogelbach anywhere besides Ale only right now? I don't think so. I just don't know how he – I mean, and I, I hate to do the path to playing time thing, but he is such no, no, a no, no, it's legit. It's yeah. absolutely legit right now because he just doesn't have real Tim avenues. Tim Beckham got there. hurt yesterday. Maybe he could uh, think he play could play short. <laughs> that would just be funny. <laughs> I'm here for that just for the absolute hilarity of it. Maybe when, maybe when the, the Mariners fall out of it. But right now they are crushing it. They really are, though. Like, they are absolutely too. It's ridiculous. Mike Leake is just throwing gems. And Kikuchi, even though he got uh, schlacked a little bit, still – kind of settled down and, and look good at the end of his uh, start against the White Sox the other day. Yeah, I just don't know where you play him because obviously he's limited defensively, but so is E5 and so is Jay Bruce. So unless unless one of them gets hurt, I think he's just kind of odd man out. Yeah, exactly. So... Don't go crazy on Vogelbach. I know he's got the four homers, but this is one of those like flashes in the pan that mm-hmm. people end up overpaying for, and then they're like, "Should I cut Vogelbach? I paid ninety four dollars for him, you know, or some crazy thing." So don't go, don't get too wild with it. I, I totally agree with that. All right, well, time to get going. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything worked out for everybody in their in their leagues this week. But I will totally, uh, I, I will totally keep you abreast of the situation as Christian Walker becomes this year's Jesus Aguilar. <laughs> I certainly hope so. And then Tyler and Trent Thornton. I do too because I got him in a couple leagues. I, I mean, I picked him up 
Did we talk about him last week? I picked Who? him up in a cup. Walker? Like, Walker, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's when we did our full scale. Yeah, uh, I, I grabbed him in a, in a few leagues last week, so I'm hoping he uh, turns into the next Luke Voigt. No, Jesus Aguilar. Or Jesus Aguilar. I don't know. Every- yeah, no, that's that's exactly what we're looking for. I mean, there's other there's other avenues, but uh, then we definitely want uh, we we definitely want him to be more. So Aguilar if he turns into else. Aguilar, are you going to replace your Jake Lamb jersey with a uh, with a Christian, Christian Walker, Walker one? No, I'll still keep the Jake Lamb jersey. I'll, I'll get the Christian Walker one. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine. And then when you start streaming, you can put it in the background. <laughs> All right, Justin. Well, it's great talking with you. We will set up a DraftKings. I'll do it overnight. It'll be in your Roto write-up. Yes, I will put it in the Roto write-up. And I we'll will both tweet it. Facebook uh, group. put it in the Facebook group, and I will tweet it out. Should we do more than 50? We filled up that 50 pretty nice. Or should we just stick with the 100. For real? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Hundo. Just Hundo sure, coming. Do it early, and we get it out as, as soon as we can. All right, hundo coming. All right, fill it up, y'all. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Justin. Take it easy.